0: Welcome back to Science In From Home, a podcast from the UYC Las Ganas program. I'm your host, Veronica Ariola, Program Director of Latinos Gaining Access to Networks for Advancement in Science, or Las Ganas. We landed on Mars again. Those of you who know, I am a space nerd. When I was 11, the space shuttle Challenger disaster occurred, and that oddly started my desire to become an astronaut. I did all the things for the next few years. I studied NASA history enough that when my parents took us on vacation to Florida, we visited the Kennedy Space Center. And on the tour, I answered every question like the annoying little nerd I was. My family didn't have the money to send me to space camp, despite the fact that I would watch NASA documentaries for fun and follow the Challenger investigation like it was my job. In my effort to figure out how to become an astronaut, I decided that I needed to go to the Air Force Academy. So I spent the summer before high school practicing the entrance exam. It puzzles me how I've missed the fact that when I decided to shift from astronaut to marine biologist, that I could actually have done both. <sighs> missteps, incomplete advising, and you can also add in my own tunnel vision. I did research in marine biology as an undergraduate. I eventually got to space camp for my 40th birthday, and I turned to my 11 year old self when I meet an astronaut. These are part of why I put my heart into my work especially finding ways for students to not have to choose between things. You do need to choose a path, but but I work really hard with students to find the intersection of their passions. When we are working towards a goal that does not seem to have a clear path, it makes it even more important to ask questions and to ask a lot of different people. My hope for this podcast is that students who are looking for steps to follow find that in the stories that our fellows are sharing with me. And if you wish there was a story that you haven't heard, please reach out and ask for it. Now, let's meet Marissa, who had the challenge of being on a clinical research team during a pandemic. Welcome to Science from Home. Today we are talking with Marissa. How are you? and can you introduce yourself?
1: Yeah, of course. I'm doing great. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Um, I am Marissa. I'm a fourth year neuroscience student at UIC. Um, I'm currently doing research in the College of Nursing in the Department of Human Development Nursing Science, and we are studying to see if um, we can detect risk for preterm birth by looking at the way that the cervix
0: remodels during pregnancy. Wow, that's a lot. How did you get attracted to this project?
1: (laughs) So actually, when I came into UAC, I had a big interest in obstetrics and gynecology, and I wanted to go to medical school to become an OBGYN. So when I started the program at, through Las Ghanas, I was looking at research that was in obstetrics and gynecology. And I found it, and I was just intrigued instantly. I loved the way that they included engineering aspect of um, the technology that they used to determine cervical remodeling and like cervical attenuation coefficients. And I love how they combined engineering with women's health. And especially since it was clinical work, I love that also. Um, So yeah, I instantly, when I read the little bio about the project, I was intrigued right away. And when I reached out to the PI, um, she's an amazing person. So I really lucked out and I was, yeah, I was drawn to it instantly. So I jumped right on board and I've been doing it since my sophomore year.
0: That's amazing, Uh, especially since there aren't a lot of women in engineering to think about that there is this space in engineering that combines women's health. And so this is the space to really grow and attract more women to engineering. So what has been your role on the project?
1: So yeah, I um, like I said, there's a lot of uh, a clinical aspect to this research. And so primarily what I've been doing is recruiting women in our outpatient care center at UI Health, um so i go in there and i talk to women in their ultrasound rooms and i basically recruit them for our research so it's been really awesome because i've got that clinical experience and having that patient patient interaction is super cool Um, but that's been my main role but i also do a lot of data work and i was involved actually in a publication that was um, published last january so i've done some work with data i kind of i'm just kind of like the little helper, I do whatever I need to do. Um, So I, you know, I review data, I make Excel sheets with combined data, we look at trends, um, I recruit women, um, I help with publications, I kind of just I kind of just do a lot. But mainly, my goal is just focusing on my like, clinic experience and uh, recruiting women in our outpatient care center.
0: Okay. I hear all of that. And you keep saying like, uh, you just do whatever you need to do. It sounds like to me that you have your hands in a lot of different parts of this project. So you are not just doing data analysis and organizing the data, but you are an integral part of recruiting the, the women into this project so that you can have the data and then doing that analysis, helping with the writing and I feel like you have a very holistic part and role in this project.
1: Yeah, definitely. I would definitely say it's holistic. I, I've i been, I kind of just started thinking I was only gonna be recruiting. And then I just, I honestly, that's like my favorite thing about my PI is she just lets me do whatever. She just gives me so many opportunities. So I've just, yeah, I'm kind of all over the place and I've grown, I fit really well into our group. So I think I, I do get involvement with a lot more than I thought I was going to be involved in. Um, but yeah, it's been, it's been an awesome experience for sure. Uh,
0: So I did want to ask you, how do you feel like you've grown in this space?
1: Yeah, honestly, I think the biggest thing, like the, my, my biggest growth has been just my ability to speak with people. Um, I came in like as an undergrad like first you know my freshman year I was so nervous to do anything like I was just I felt like I wasn't educated enough I just felt like I wasn't good enough I couldn't speak with people that were you know professors or really smart people you know. Um, But I think through this I've grown really close to you know the PhDs around me and I've been able to stand my ground in higher level conversations. but also just my ability to speak with patients and get that interaction. I think like being able to go into a room to, with a stranger and get them to trust you and join your research is kind of a, it's a, it's a big role, I guess, uh, like a big responsibility. And I think I've like really grown to fit into that role. And I've just, I guess I've just um, learned how to communicate with people better. I think that's probably the best way to sum it up. <laughs> Which is an important
0: skill to have, um, that's going to, it's an important skill to have as you continue your studies at UIC and then go on to what you want to do next, right. um, which is my question, next question, what do you want to do next? What are you hoping to do next?
1: Yeah, so I'm actually in the process of um, applying for naturopathic medical school. So it's a, it's a different kind of medicine. Um, I came into UIC wanting to pursue allopathic medicine, get my MD. Um, but through the years and my all my you know different types of experiences, um, I've decided that I really like the principles that naturopathic medicine have in place, which is really focusing on healing the body. Um, in the way that the body does naturally and just kind of supporting the body's own natural fighting immune response to uh, disease. And I really, really like that approach to it. So I really wanna get my degree in naturopathic medicine and then I kinda wanna just expand. And I'm the type of person where I just wanna learn and learn and learn. So I have a feeling that I'm gonna go get more degrees after. But um, as of now, I think naturopathic medicine is like my stepping stone into a world of different opportunities for me. Um, I would really like to write my own book someday. I would really like to, you know, have my own YouTube channel someday, just kind of like um, expanding on the world of naturopathic medicine and getting people to understand it. And I also think there's a big stigma against it and people have this idea that it's fake medicine. Um, So I really want to try to like appeal to those people and really like focus my studies on evidence-based science because i've you know i've i've been in research i know that you know evidence-based science is the right way to go and that's the only way to go when you're treating people so i feel like i want to just try to bridge the gap between like the people that say naturopathic medicine isn't science and then um you know just like try to make them realize that i can incorporate science and evidence-based science into my practice but also have an appreciation for natural medicine and the body's natural immune response to disease.
0: That's wonderful. That's great to hear. So this is called Science from Home because I've been working at home and as a student, you've been studying from home and as a researcher and as a scientist, you've probably been doing some science at home. How has the pandemic impacted your research?
1: So... Right when the lockdown began, we kind of just put everything on hold for about a month or two, just because we kind of all didn't know what to do. We were just like, uh, I guess we can't really do anything. You know, we couldn't we and may, you know, our our main focus on research is clinical experience. And we the clinic said, nope, there's nobody coming in here. We're not we're not doing any of that. So we instantly could not go to clinic, which was fine. And we found our way around it. But at first it was like, oh, my gosh, we can't do research. What are we going to do like we have nothing? We can't do anything. Um, So. Then my PI kind of took a step back and she said, you know what, this is a perfect time to review all the data that we have from the past. So basically what we did was we um, I didn't have much involvement in this and I kind of like shadowed everybody else, but it was a big learning experience for me. So I'm glad that I was there to experience it. Um, But basically what we did is we took all of our previous data that we've had from the past two years and we we basically reviewed it um it's kind of confusing and kind of requires a little bit of an explanation but basically what we get from our research is we get ultrasound images of the cervical tissue and um we have co-workers per se that work at university of illinois at urbana and so they are our engineers and we are like the women's health people (laughs) so we do the ultrasounds we get the images we send them to urbana and they they basically take them they do their magic on them and they get these attenuation values that allow us to determine how soft a tissue is. Um, so basically what we do is after our images are taken, we have to segment them to outline the cervical tissue since the engineers have no idea what the cervical tissue looks like. Um, our women's health ex- experts are the ones who outline the cervix. They show the engineers, this is the area you're supposed to do the calculations on. They do the calculations and they send it back to us. So what we did while the pandemic was happening, since we couldn't be in clinic, we decided to go back and resegment and make sure that all of our images were only outlining cervical tissue. Um, Just because with human body, you never know. It's dynamic, it's, you know, there's many different things that can play a role in the way that the cervix is, Um, you know, whether that be a cyst or their cervix was just not cooperating with us that day. I mean, there's just certain things that we have to account for when we, you know, segment our scans. So basically what we did is we went back, we resegmented everything. Basically, we, we created a whole new criteria to make sure that we had, you know, an objective. This is exactly what we're supposed to include in the images because, you know, we wanted to make sure it wasn't because obviously when you're segmenting it's actually a very subjective thing you're like, that looks like cervical tissue yeah that could be it and you include it or you don't include it and that could affect the data of course because you're not getting, you know, like a homogeneous cervix like that's only the cervix. So. We took that time and we went back and we resegmented all of our 350 images, which each of them had like 10 images each. So it was a lot, a lot, a lot of pictures that we went back and resegmented. So I got to just kind of shadow that. I didn't really do much of the resegmenting, but it was really cool to see how they went back and just created a whole objective criteria list on what to include and what not to include in the images. So that was pretty much what we focused on over the summer. Um, But then once we um then once i was trying to find something to do um, my pi kind of gave me and another actually another Ganas fellow her name's edith we're both on this study together so we were kind of in charge of looking through our old data and seeing if there's anything we can do to publish again um so we have a big database that we ask you know once we're recruiting women we ask them a bunch of information just intake forms about their lives what they've experienced and various questions so What we began doing then just to get some work in um, from home was just looking at all of the old data, seeing if there's anything we can draw conclusions on. And that's actually what we're still working on right now to see if we can get published again in the future. Um, So that's what we did for we've been doing for the past couple of months now from home. Um, but then we actually were able to go back into clinic at the beginning of November. They opened up the clinic to us. so I was able to recruit during the pandemic for about two weeks, I think. And then they shut it all down again. So it was like,
0: oh, yeah. <laughs> I know
1: it was like a little tease of like, oh, you got to go back. And then, no, they shut it down again, understandably so. But um, yeah, so it was it was definitely an experience to be in clinic during the time. I mean, I was I had no idea what to expect. but. Um, I was able to go and just had to wear my face shield and face mask and um, still go in and recruit women um but yeah it was it was definitely an experience and I was actually very surprised at the way that women took us because I w- I was assuming they would be like no like I don't want extra people I don't want to get involved in anything like that just because I mean it's scary to be in a hospital in a pandemic I mean that's like a very very scary and intimidating experience so um people were extremely receptive to our research. And I was so surprised and glad, honestly, of course. I mean, I was very surprised. They're very understanding and um, yeah, just receptive to us, respectful, and they really wanted to participate. And I was very, very glad to see that. Um, But I mean, who knows, maybe the pandemic has opened people's eyes to research and science, and maybe it's made them want want to participate in it more.
0: That's a great idea. That's a great thought. Hopefully science will take a center in our lives again. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> I know, so I mean, I know maybe it's like a a fortunate result of the unfortunate experience that maybe people have a little bit of an appreciation for science um once the vaccine comes out and they realize the power that
0: science holds in our- in our lives absolutely, yeah, I've been trying to look for positives that have come out of this pandemic yes. as well. <laughs> me too <laughs> um. Awesome. So thank you again for taking some time to talk about your work. It's fascinating and I'm so happy that you've had a publication and hopefully you'll have another one and good luck with your applications. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. It was awesome. Thank you, Marissa, for spending some time with us and talking to us about your work. This spring, Las Canas will be co-sponsoring UIC Research Week. Registration just opened up, so get over to our website to find out how you can apply to present your research, register to learn what others are doing, and or to sign up for one of our four professional development workshops. We have other events coming up, so again, find us on Facebook and Twitter at UIC Las Canas, and on Instagram at Las Canas UIC. You can also always find us at lascanas.uic.edu. Las Gamas is funded by the U.S. Department of Education through a HSI STEM Title III Part F grant. All opinions expressed in this podcast are reflective of the speaker, not our funder. Until next time, please keep washing your hands, stay inside, take care, get your vaccine if you're offered it. We are so close to the end of this thing Oh, because I really, really want to see you on campus soon. Peace.